Well, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. We're continuing our study of the Gospel of Luke. Now, as you know, Luke presents Jesus as the perfect man. He is the Savior, the sacrifice, the substitute for the sins of the world. As we continue this morning, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. If you remember, he has finished the ministry in Galilee, which is the northern part of Israel. He's on the way to Jerusalem to complete the plan that God has for him. Of course, his mission is to die and rise again. To pay for sin and conquer death. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This morning we're going to see a subject that is powerful and must, I'm going to say it, must be understood by those who belong to Jesus Christ. The subject is discipleship. Last time as we looked at Jesus, it was a couple of weeks ago, last time we looked at this, Jesus was teaching about salvation. And he used the picture of a banquet. And he was saying everybody's invited to the banquet. And those who rejected the invitation were not believing in him. Those who took the invitation were those who believe in him. That's the gift of eternal life. Well, this morning, there's another subject, another issue. And it's discipleship. It's following Jesus. It's taking up the cross. It's dying to self. There is a cost involved. May we understand the difference between salvation and discipleship, between being a believer and being a disciple. One is a gift and the other one cost. May we see that this morning. I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior when I was 19. I was in college. It was good news for me because up to that point, up to that time, I always thought that if you did more good than bad, you'd go to heaven. So I tried to do more good than bad. In fact, I did more good than bad. I thought I was okay. I thought one day you'd stand before God and there'd be this big scale and he would tell all the bad stuff you did, all the good stuff you did. If you did more good than bad, you'd go to heaven. That's what I thought. When I was in college, I wandered into a Bible study one night. I didn't know it was a Bible study. And they shut the door and I couldn't get out. And so I just stood against the wall to listen. And this man started talking about salvation. And he said, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I said, yeah, I know that. I know that because, see, I've done wrong, but I've done right. And then he said, the wages of sin... Is And before he could say the word in my mind, the wages of sin is, how do you deal with the bad? You do a good. The, pay, the payment for sin is doing good. But he didn't say that. He said the payment of sin is death. And for the first time in my life, I realized all the good I'd ever done could not pay for one bad. And I knew I was in trouble. And he went on to talk about how Jesus came and died on the cross and paid for sin and rose again. And whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I heard that good news. And I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I understood it wasn't my works, but faith in Jesus Christ. And that salvation is a gift. Not based on what I had done or what I would ever do, but based on Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. Graduated from college and went on for a little while. And I became a coach at Mississippi State. Some five or six years later, I made another decision. Now, five or six years earlier, I had decided I had put my faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. Now, five or six years later... It was time for another decision. See, I trusted Christ. And if you said to me, J.B., you think you're going to heaven? I said, I know I'm going to heaven because I've put my faith in Christ. He's my Savior. But I'd never lived for Christ. I'd never served Him. I, I had never made a decision that I wanted my life to count for Christ. One night after football practice, I came home to my apartment and I made a decision. I said, Lord, from this day forward, I want my life to count for you. I want to live for you. It doesn't matter wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I want my life to count for you. I want to be a disciple. That night I offered my life to God as a living sacrifice. Romans 12.1, I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. That's what I did. 
I said, I want to die to myself and I want to live to Jesus Christ. And I became a disciple. Now, I want you to understand the difference. That at age 19, salvation, it was a gift. It cost me absolutely nothing. At age 25, 26, discipleship. And it cost me my life. This morning, as we continue in our study of the Gospel of Luke, we're going to see Jesus talking about discipleship. We're going to see the contrast between salvation and discipleship, between being a believer and being a disciple. Let's see that. Let's begin. Let's remember where, where we are. Jesus has just finished the ministry in the northern part of Israel. He's been there over three years. He is now on his way. He has been show, he's on the way to Jerusalem. He has been showing that he is the Messiah and the Savior. He is the Son of God. He has done all the signs, all the miracles of what the Messiah would do. Now, we've been seeing over these last few weeks that as a whole, the nation of Israel has reject, rejected Jesus as Savior. As Messiah, they're not believing in him. Last time we saw the truth where Jesus used this story of a banquet. And he used the picture of Israel. And it was like we invited Israel to the banquet and as a whole, Israel didn't come. They said we got other things to do. It's a picture of salvation. And anyone who will come to the banquet, anyone who will believe in Jesus Christ will have eternal life. And you understand, we talked about it last week, that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior, you will be with Him forever. And as you go into the kingdom, which there's going to be a kingdom time, there will be a banquet at the very beginning. That's why Jesus used that picture. And so the great truth is this. Anyone who will believe in Jesus will have eternal life and be in the banquet. All who reject will not be in the kingdom, will not have eternal life. We saw that the offer is to all people. God wants all people to be saved. He wants the banquet full. All who believe have eternal life, they're in the kingdom forever. Now this morning, you're going to see a contrast. A contrast because Jesus teaches something else. He teaches discipleship. And it is a hard subject and it is going to be the hardest subject that you will deal with as a Christian. To take up the cross, die to yourself, and follow Jesus Christ. It's not the same as salvation. Totally different. As we study our passage, I pray that you'll put this together this morning. Well, Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem. Crowds are following him. Let me break down the passage for you. Let me show you what, what we're going to look at. I call this the call to discipleship. We're going to see the cost of discipleship. And he talks about family. He talks about carrying the cross. He talks about following Jesus. The second part of the passage is counting the cost. And he gives us three illustrations of the cost and counting the cost of being a disciple. He uses the tower, the king, and the salt. And we'll see how that fits together as we go through it. Now, just realize Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. He's getting closer and closer and closer. Crowds are following him. What happens? Look at verse 25 of Luke chapter 14. Now, large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them. Now, the crowds were with him. He's heading to Jerusalem. He's going to fulfill the plan. The will of the Father is to be the Savior. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He, there are all these people with him as he's going that way, and it says that he turns and says to them. It's a powerful subject. And I think it is one that most people really don't understand. And it's hard. And it costs us. And we're going to look at some things this morning that are very difficult. We're going to see what we call the cost of discipleship. Look what he says, verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, he basically says, what a statement. If you don't hate your mom and daddy and your mother and brother and sisters and wife and children and your own life, you can't be a disciple. What is he talking about? 
It's very hard. There's three things I want you to see. If, hate, and my disciple. The very first is if. He says, if anyone comes to me, and it's the first class in Greek, which means if and is true, there are going to be people who come to Jesus Christ and say, I want to be a disciple. I want my life to count for you. This is not salvation. We're talking discipleship. If, and he says, the second word, I think, is there an if? And then there's, yeah, go to the next word, hate. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own wife, he cannot be my disciple. What is he saying? I want you to understand here's the bottom line. I'm going to explain it more in just a second. The bottom line is Jesus must come first in your life. If if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, he must be above any other relationship in your life. Relationship with your family, relationship with your mom and daddy, relationship with wife and children, relationship with brothers and sisters, even to your own self. Then when he says the word hate, some people look at that and they get, you mean I'm supposed to hate my mother and father or hate my, my, my wife or my children, my brothers, my sisters, even hate myself? No, I want you to understand something. The word hate there doesn't mean hate in the way that we think of hate. It is a Hebrew way of saying to make a choice. You must make a choice that Jesus is the most important relationship in your life that is above any other relationship. You remember in the Bible it says, Jacob have I loved and Esau I have Hated. It doesn't mean he hated Esau. It means he chose Jacob above Esau. That's what it means. And in this passage it says, if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you must choose Jesus above any other relationship. Whether it's your mother or your daddy, whether it's your wife or your children, whether it's your brothers or your sisters, or even your own life. You must choose whatever Jesus wants above all of that. When we say we're dealing with a disciple, Jesus must be the most important relationship in your life. Now, when we're saying hate here, it doesn't mean that hate. Remember, you're to honor your mother and your father. You're to love your wife, love your children. You're to love brothers and sisters. You're even to love yourself. But being a disciple costs you in your relationships. The priority of our lives is Christ. Now, this is really hard. I want you to understand something. I didn't write this, okay? I studied this, and you know what this says? Jesus is not playing around. He's not saying, you want to be my disciple? Just, you know, come to church occasionally and be a nice person and try to live right. He says, you want to be my disciple? The most important relationship in your life has to be Jesus Christ has to be first. See, I've seen people who say to their mamas and daddies, we love you, mom and daddy, but... I'm going to another part of the world and tell people about Jesus. I'd love to stay here with you because I love you, but God has called me to go somewhere else. And you have to love Jesus above your family and your brothers and sisters and all of that. You have to if you're going to be a disciple. See, being a disciple is not easy. Being a disciple costs you. It's not salvation. We're not talking salvation. Salvation is a gift. It costs you absolutely nothing. You take the gift of eternal life by faith. We're talking about discipleship and living for Christ and that your life is going to have an impact on this earth. And if you're going to do that, he's going to have to be the number one relationship. Notice the third word is my disciple. A disciple of Jesus Christ. The word disciple literally means follower. It's a Greek word, mathetes, which means one who learns. And so a disciple of Jesus Christ is not one who just believes in Christ for eternal life. It's one who says, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to live for him. Now, here's the question. 
Those of us who know Christ as Savior, are you a disciple? Is He the most important relationship in your life? And we didn't say this is going to be easy at all. This is going to be hard. Look at the next verse. Verse 27. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now this is powerful. He says whoever doesn't carry his own cross, come after me, can't be my disciple. Three things in this statement. Look what he says. Carry his own cross, come after me, and cannot be my disciple. Let's look at the first one. Carry his own cross. What does that mean? Whoever does not carry his own cross. Now I've heard people say, oh, i got a cross to bear. I've got a uh, father, an uncle who's really bad. Or I've got a bad knee and so I have to go through life with a bad knee. That's not what this is talking about. To carry your cross means to die to yourself. See, when this was written, to carry the cross was a symbol of death. Because when the Romans put people to death, they crucified them. They put them on a cross. And oftentimes, in fact, most of the time, if you're going to be crucified, you had to be the one carry your own cross out there for them to put you on it. And when Jesus said, you want to, if you're going to be my disciple, you're going to have to carry your cross, which means you're going to have to die to yourself. You're going to have to say, it's not what I want to do in life. It's what Jesus Christ wants me to do. I'm going to live for him. My life is going to count for him. As we say, my life... Is for Christ. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, as yet it is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. The Romans 12, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You die to yourself. To carry your cross says, Lord, it's not my life, it's your life through me. Notice, it goes a little bit more. Does not carry his own cross and come after me. Go wherever he wants you to go. Do whatever he wants you to do. Not just die to self, but to live for him. To do what he wants you to do. It costs us our lives. Have you given up your life and said to God, I will go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll be whatever you want me to be. I'll live any place you want me to live. I'll do whatever you want me to do. That's what a disciple is. You die to yourself and you live for Jesus Christ. There are a lot of believers. There are not a lot of disciples. Will you follow him? Have you made a decision that with your life you say, Lord, I want my life to count for you. I will go anywhere. I will do anything. Look what he says. You cannot be what? Be my disciple. You can be a believer. You can have eternal life. You can be with Jesus forever. But you want to have an impact on this earth right now with your life. You're going to have to be a disciple. You understand that once you're a disciple, you're never the same. Remember, I trusted Christ at age 19. I became a disciple at about age 25. And I've never been the same sense. Now, if you think I'm bad now, you should have seen me then, right? Never been the same. You may say, but JB, I'm, I'm, I'm like afraid to do that. Like, I mean, you're saying that I say to God, my life is yours, and wherever you want me to go, and whatever you want me to do, and whatever you want to happen, and, 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 and everything, that's for you. That's exactly what he's saying. Let me tell you, I was so afraid. 
See, I, all I ever wanted to be was a coach. From the time I was about 12 years old, I wanted to be a coach. And by the grace of God, I got to coach at Mississippi State at age 23 years old. So here I am, 25 years old, and deep down I'm afraid to say to God, I'm going to give you my life for you to use me, and I'll go any place and do anything. I was afraid to say that because I was afraid he'd make me be a pastor or something like that. What did I know? Right? Let me tell you this. I loved being a coach. But if you said to me, would you like to be a coach? The answer is no. Would you like to go back and coach? Would you like to coach anywhere in the world? No. The greatest thing of my life is getting to be a pastor. And when I said to God, I I want you to take my life and use me for your glory, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, that's the greatest life I've ever had. He gives me the desires of my heart. And the same thing is true for you. There There are a number of you already in your lives have said to God, I will go anywhere you want me to go. I will do anything you want me to do. I just want my life to count for you. That's discipleship. And he says, if you don't carry your own cross, die to yourself, come after me, live for him, you cannot be his disciple. Now let me tell you, what do you want out of life? You want to go through life and say, I just lived. I lived. I'm a Christian. I've trusted Christ. I'm going to heaven. I lived. Or do you want to go through life and say, I lived for Jesus Christ and he used me for his glory and my life had an impact. He used me to do the things he had for me to do. What do you want out of life? I want to stop for just a second. I want to show you the contrast between being a believer and being a disciple. I want you to think about this. See, salvation costs us absolutely nothing. It's a gift. It's eternal life, and it's simply by faith. But discipleship, it costs us our lives. It deals with service. It deals with reward. It deals with faithfulness. Now, I've got a little chart I want you to look at, and we may have to bring the lights down just a little bit to be able to see this one. But I want you to see the contrast between salvation and discipleship. Salvation's on this side, discipleship's on this side. See, salvation deals with justification. That's trusting in Christ, and the moment you trust in Christ, you have eternal life. That's justification. Discipleship deals with sanctification. That's the Christian life. See, salvation is by grace through faith, while discipleship is by works. See, salvation is free. Discipleship cost. Salvation deals with Christ on the cross. Discipleship talks about taking up the cross. Salvation deals with eternal life with Christ. Discipleship deals with rewards from Christ. Salvation is for unbelievers. That's a message to unbelievers. Discipleship is a message for believers. Salvation is only one condition to believe, to put your faith in Christ. Discipleship, many conditions. You take up your cross, you offer your life, you die to self. That's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. You understand that salvation costs you absolutely nothing. It is the grace of God that you have eternal life. You believe in the one who died and rose again for you and gives you eternal life. You're going to be a disciple? It's going to cost you your life, and you'll never be the same. You can bring some of the lights back up. Let me, let me show you this. Why is it so important to understand this distinction? The distinction between salvation? Because there are a lot of people who don't make the distinction. 
Some of you may have grown up in churches that didn't make the distinction between salvation and discipleship. They would say things like this. You want to be saved, you've got to give your life to Jesus and serve Him. That's mixing discipleship and salvation. What's the problem? What if you, if you, if it's so important that you understand the distinction. If not, if, if you don't understand the distinction, you have a confused message. See, is salvation by faith or faithfulness? Is salvation by our, gra- by grace or by our works? Is salvation by trusting in Christ or following Christ? There's a confused message. People don't know what to do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ for salvation or do you follow him for salvation? So if you don't understand the distinction, there's confusion. Number two, if you don't understand the distinction, there's works for salvation. See, if you've got to give your life to Jesus to be saved, if you've got to serve him to be saved, that's works for salvation. Salvation is a gift. Salvation costs you nothing. But if you tell people that you've got to be willing to serve God in order to be saved, that's works for salvation. And the third thing, there is no assurance of salvation. If you don't make the distinction and you say you must be a disciple to be saved, how do you know when you've done enough? How do you know when you've followed Jesus enough? How do you know when you've lived for him enough? How do you know when you've given up enough? How do you know? If it is not by grace, you cannot know that you are saved. If it's by works, you can't know it. So discipleship cost us our lives. Please understand that distinction. To be a disciple, we put Jesus above all other relationships. We die to self and follow Jesus. Then we can be his disciple. Now, what he does in the rest of the passage, and I'm going to go fairly quickly through this, he gives you three illustrations on counting the cost. Because let me tell you something. It costs nothing to be a believer. You trust in Christ and you save forever. It costs us nothing. Be a disciple is going to cost you, and you need to count the cost. Listen to what he says. He gives us basically, I think, three illustrations here. The tower, the king, and the salt. Let's look first at the, at the first one, which is the tower. Okay? And look what he says. He says, For which one of you, verse 28, For which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if you have enough to complete it? You've got to count the cost. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who observe it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. He says, You've got to count the cost. If you're going to be a disciple, count the cost of dying to yourself. Count the cost of living for him. Count the cost of saying, I'm going to follow him and give up my life. See, there are people who say, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. And you see them, and they come to church. And I've been here 22 and a half years. There are people coming to this church, and they say, I'm excited, I'm going to live for Jesus. And you can't find them a month later. And sometimes it's easy to say, oh yeah, I'm going to live for Jesus. And then you can't find them. See, there's a cost involved, and you may not think about it. You may say, well, I'm just, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There's a cost, and it's your life, and you're never going to be the same. And you're going to belong to Jesus Christ, and he's going to use you for his glory, and your life will never be the same. Never. He gives another illustration. He says, what king... Here's the king. What king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one who's coming against him with 20,000? He says, he sits down and he says, you've got to count the cost. Do I have enough with my 10,000 to be able to whip his 20,000? Well, you know, he's looking at the cost. He says, or else while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So you're in a spiritual battle, and it's going to cost you to live for Jesus Christ. It's going to cost you. Count the cost. 
I trusted Christ and I knew they explained to me that it was a gift. And there wasn't anything I did, wasn't anything I had to keep doing, wasn't anything I'd ever do. But I received eternal life the moment I believed. But I also had been taught that if I was going to be a disciple, it's going to cost me my life. And that I was going to say to Jesus, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, from this day forward, my life is yours. I was single then. I had to say, if you want me to be single the rest of my life, I'll be single the rest of my life. If you want me to be married, I'll be married. If you want me to live here, I'll be here. If you want me to be a coach, I'll be a coach. If you don't want me to be a coach, I'll be something else. Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go. And you're going to have to say the same thing. Count the cost. You want your life to count for Christ? Do you want to make an impact for Christ? Do you want to just have lived? Or do you want to have lived for Christ? It's a cost. But let me tell you, it's worth it. Nothing can compare. He gives a hard verse. Look what he says. Verse 33. So then, none of you can be my disciple if he does not give up all his possessions. Now I want you to know, he didn't say, go sell all your stuff. He says, you got to realize that your stuff is not yours. It's God. To be a disciple, you say, God, everything that I have, everything I have, first of all, came from you anyway, so I'm giving it back to you. It's all yours. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I say it this way, give him your stuff. Say, Lord, it's your stuff. Take it and use it for your glory. That's why he says, it's not yours. Give it up, give it to him, and he'll use it in ways you never imagined. You want to be a disciple? Give him your life. Now see the difference? Salvation, eternal life is a gift. Discipleship costs. Now I want to show you something real quickly. I'm just going to touch on this, and you can look at these verses later. But I want to give you three marks of a disciple. Okay, here's the first one: loves others. I'm going to read the verses for you. John 13:35. By this all men will know you are my disciples if you have love one for another. One of the marks of a person who lives for Jesus Christ is they love other people. Number two is they obey the word of God. John 8:31. Jesus said to those who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, which means you live by my word, you are truly disciples of mine. A disciple is a person who lives according to the scripture. And the third one is to bear fruit. He said, by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Those are marks of a disciple. There's a lot in this passage. Salvation by faith, a gift. Discipleship by faithfulness, it's a cost. He gives one final illustration that deals with salt. Notice what he says, verse 34. Therefore, salt is good, but even, but if even salt has become tasteless, with well, what will it be seasoned? It's useless either, for the, useless either for the soil or for the manure pile. It's to be thrown out. He who has, to hear, who has ears to hear, let him hear. See, in that day and time, they didn't have pure salt, so salt could lose its salt. It loses taste. And he's saying if salt loses its taste, it's good for nothing. You just throw it out. And his analogy is if you say you want to be a disciple but you don't live for him, it's useless. If salt's not doing what it's supposed to do, it's useless. If a disciple's not doing what they're supposed to do, it's useless. We want to be faithful servants. So count the cost. That's why he's saying count the cost. You want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, count the cost. Now, you're supposed to be a disciple. That's the whole plan, is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and make disciples. He says, go therefore and make disciples. You know what? For you to make a disciple, you're going to have to be a disciple. That's the whole plan. 
But it is a cost. It costs you lives. Notice how he ends it. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's kind of a funny way of saying, but he's really saying is, if you're listening, listen carefully. That's what he turned to that crowd. He said, if you're listening now, you better listen to what I'm saying. Jesus. We want to be faithful servants of Christ. We want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. What have we seen? Jesus tells the crowd the cost of discipleship. He says it will cost us our family, our lives, even our things. And he gives three illustrations of counting the cost, the tower, the king, and the salt. And he says if you don't count the cost, you'll be useless as a disciple. Let me give you some applications. We'll go through it quickly. But understand the difference between being a believer and being a disciple. And there's a huge difference. A, salvation costs us nothing. It costs us nothing. It's the gift of eternal life simply by faith. But notice, B, discipleship costs us our lives. Let me tell you, if you don't understand this distinction, there'll be a confused message, there'll be works for salvation, and there'll be no assurance of salvation. So make sure you've got this. Know the difference between being a believer and being a disciple, between salvation and discipleship. Now here's number two, and this is big. Become a disciple of Jesus Christ. A, you're going to have to die to yourself. You're going to have to take up your cross, and you're going to have to follow Jesus Christ. And yet to say to him, I want, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. You're first in all my, my relationships. I give you all my possessions. I give you my life. I give you everything. It's all for your glory. B, count the cost. Count the cost. It'll affect the rest of your life. Now, for even those of us like me who years ago became a disciple, every day I wake up and say, Lord, take my life today. Use me for your glory. Every day we get up as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you say, take my life today. Use me for your glory. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do. If we're not faithful as disciples, we are useless, as he says. Do you have the marks of a disciple that you love others and you obey the word and you bear fruit? make an impact for Christ. May all who have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, that we have salvation by faith as a gift, may we count the cost, offer our lives to follow Jesus Christ and become a disciple of Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a passage. It's so hard, Lord. Thank you that, that there is a difference between salvation and discipleship and that salvation costs us nothing and anyone who believes in Jesus has eternal life and is saved and saved forever. But, Lord, we understand that discipleship costs us. It costs us our lives. And, Lord, may we understand that. And, I, Lord, I just pray for each one in this room. First of all, if there's anyone here who has never believed in Jesus for eternal life, I pray right now where they're sitting they can trust in Christ and they're saved forever and it costs them nothing. But, Lord, I also pray for all of us in this room who have already believed in Jesus as Savior, that we would consider, that we would count the cost, that we would look at what it means for us to die to self and to live for you, to take up our cross and come after Jesus and to be his disciple. Lord, we realize that if 11 or 12 men could change the world in the first of, the first of that first century, then this number of people in this room who become disciples could change this world as well. Lord, use us 
I pray that we'll count the cost and that we'll live our lives for Jesus Christ and we'll never be the same. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.